0: uh who did you trade me to uh we didn't trade you i'm injured <laughs>
1: yeah just <laughs> hurls himself down a set of stairs
0: <laughs> where's your injury the soul the soul i'm i'm done i'm gonna go wherever eichel is you
1: know that scene in liar liar when uh jim carrey's beating himself up in the bathroom
0: i know every scene in liar liar thank you yes that that, that will be taylor <laughs> hall if he doesn't get traded. absolutely yeah
1: Welcome back everybody to Leafs fans and hostile lands the podcast about three Leafs fans living in this beautiful capital city of Ottawa surrounded by a bunch of Sens fans. We've had a uh, pretty good week here and uh, as Leafs fans um, it feels like it's been a long time since I've talked to you guys it's uh we've been five games
2: mm-hmm.
1: so busy yeah, week it, a very busy week um just finished off those two late games out in Calgary this is a I think the last four games were all on the road, if I'm not mis- mistaken, right, guys?
2: Yep, that's correct.
1: Yeah, and 4-0. And, then, and
2: now we're back home, I think.
1: Yeah, back home against Montreal this week. Um, but yeah, 4-0 on that road trip coming out of Calgary and Winnipeg. And they may not have been the prettiest wins, but they won. In the end of the day, that's what we wanted to see. Um, you know, go back uh, before that to that losing drought. They were playing good games, but they were losing. So if they play bad games and win, we'll take it. Uh, so yeah, we started off with the overtime loss back in Edmonton. It was a uh, it was a very short overtime, uh, pretty well played game for Toronto, um, but unfortunately, it just it's three and three overtime. That happens. Uh, Hutchinson a two-
0: was in net for that one. I remember. Yes, he was, and he actually didn't play and a bad it was, game. It was what
1: three two was the final.
0: It was a three two, but yep. then once we got to overtime, you know, the Leafs had a streak one way, and Smith. Denied them, and then once McDavid and Drysdale went the other way, it was like, oh, okay, and yeah, that makes sense. That's okay. We got a point. Good job, Hutch. And honestly, that's just what
1: three-on-three is, just back and forth, odd man rushes.
2: Yeah, you can't blame him for that goal.
1: Uh, So then, uh, yeah, the two games in Winnipeg. Kyle, do you remember how those games went?
0: Yeah, we got a a 3-1 win against the Jets, and that was uh, Jack Campbell. Mm -hmm. wonderful and and then a shutout win against the not a shutout sorry a shootout win (laughs) one of the very few i think almost the first shootout for the leafs it was the Uh, first technically yeah yeah, first one technically a 2-1 win oh well that goal by spezza
2: oh that was it was the shootout goal yeah oh man that was so sexy i almost thought he dragged it back a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, which would have nullified it but it was it was gorgeous
0: and it's just, like, so much patience, and he just, yeah. oh, oh, there's yeah. there's a little spot I can put the puck. Why don't I do that? And there it is, where every other shooter's, you know, either thinking, like, really, really methodical, but super, super fast, or just, like, let's just slap shot it, like Carlson. Uh, no, Spezza takes his time, and Jack Campbell shuts the door for the other three, and, and that, that's a win there. And then we're on to Calgary.
1: It's funny, some people have made some comments saying that they thought it was odd to put J- Jason Spezza out there for the shootout with all the you know the no. other firepower they have. Mm-hmm. He's been there the whole time. He was there yeah. for the very first shootout, shootout game in the NHL in 2005. He was in that game. So if you're going to give it to a guy, give it to the guy with the experience on how to do it.
0: And a very high success rate too.
1: Yeah, something like 30 for 70, which is pretty darn good.
0: Yeah. It's pretty darn good. I will take that. And Sheldon Keefe was right to throw him out first.
1: Uh, yeah. So then we, you know those two wins in Winnipeg coming on a high streak, coming into Calgary. And, you know, Calgary hasn't had the season they were hoping to have at the beginning. They fired their coach a couple weeks back. I believe they went 3-0 and with the first three games with Darryl Slider behind the bench. Yep. And things have been a bit of a free fall since then. Um, I know we don't have an all-star game this season in the NHL, but I would like to uh nominate Daryl Sutter for the NBA All-Star game this year. Because with the amount of dunking he's been doing on his players, uh, he deserves a, a you know, a shot in that uh, that dunk competition. I think he's gonna blow the rest of the competition out of the water.
0: <laughs> Just dunking on his team. He doesn't seem to like
1: them, does he?
2: No, he doesn't, no. not at all. No,
1: I think uh Johnny Goudreau's time is up because they just signed uh, Sutter to a three-year contract, and if he is if he doesn't like a draw, but the way it uh, it sounds like he doesn't, then I think he's on his way out of uh, Calgary.
0: Bye bye.
2: Probably Monahan too. I heard last night that Calgary has to win now pretty much every game for the rest of the season to make the playoffs. At this point, so it's just it's going bad to worse for Calgary. In fact. Just on that note, we I tried to get some of my family and friends who are Calgary Flames fans on the podcast, and nobody wanted to come talk Calgary. It's that bad over there right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they're kind of a bit of the uh, Buffalo of the North right now. Um, At least in the other teams, you know, like um Ottawa, they've got a lot of young players, you know, they're up and coming, they seem tenacious, mm-hmm. they're in every game. Well, Winnipeg has a great team. Vancouver again has some really nice young players. Um, they're gonna have to resign some of these guys in the off season. It's gonna get a little funny, but they've got a lot of uh, hope looking forward. But Calgary seems to, like we think that they have a lot of great players, and on paper they look like they should be a good team. But something's just really not clicking with them, and they're gonna have to do something else. So, yeah, it sounds like you know what you're saying, Dan, that the Calgary fans are starting to lose a bit of hope this year. So. You know, next year they won't. They likely won't be in the same division as us. So I hope all the yeah. success to them. Um, but yeah, they need to figure some things out and quick.
0: And if we recall from I believe podcast number one, we made predictions on who would win the North Division. And if I recall correctly,
2: Mister Britton, who was who was your pick? I, I might have gone with Calgary. They, I mean, you, you, numbers yeah. wise. They look good at the start of the season. Yeah. If you just like laid them out on a table and looked at all the players, they look good. They were a competitive team going into the season. They had a good start too. And then they just petered off.
1: They definitely and had good players. Petering off. Yeah. Cause the Vancouver Canucks went to the third round last year. Obviously, Calgary has exactly. some pretty good and players. And they've got
2: good goalies and like great defensemen. Yep. Not sure what happened there. Yeah. But hey, you know, as a Leaf fan, I'm happy about it. Good thing you didn't put any money on it.
1: No, I'm pretty much... I, I, You know, I don't have anything good to say about Calgary. And, you know, I've been told to say, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say anything at all. So maybe we'll uh, move on to some, you know, some highlights from that last game. Um, Our captain, Johnny T, John Tavares, hit 800 points in his career last night. That's an amazing feat. I think I saw he was, what, eighth fastest to make it to that... Is that right? No. Crosby was just eighth fastest.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
1: No, he was like yeah. twice as many yeah. games than Crosby or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like
1: 300 more games to get to the same
2: point. Still an amazing milestone, though. Oh,
1: absolutely. And speaking of ma- amazing milestones, uh, Mr. Jason Spezza uh, has reached, he's become one of the top 100 scorers all time in the NHL. Now, I know that number, that spot, spot is going to fluctuate over time. Um, so he's not always going to necessarily stay in that, but just to be in that at any point in a, you know, in a league that's over a hundred years old is again, quite a feat. So congratulations to Jason Spezza and thank you for bringing your abilities over to this uh, wonderful hockey team of ours.
2: Absolutely.
1: Now that's not even the only one. Um, Jack Campbell has tied the least franchise record for wins to start a season at nine games. 9 wins, he ties Felix Potvin um for that feat. So again, last I think the last time he lost a game was back, I think I heard someone say last March just before the pandemic started. Um mm-hmm. so it's he doesn't really, know what yeah. losing feels like anymore and that's got to be good.
2: Oh, he's he's playing incredibly well. I mean, I, I there's none of that nervousness when uh any any opponent other than maybe McDavid and Drysaddle are coming down on him. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a great thing to watch. It feels like uh, maybe if he can stay healthy, we might have a, a good solid kind of goaltending tandem going into the playoffs. Maybe I, I don't know who his tandem is, though. Having said that, Campbell and uh, Bevelainen. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bavelainen, maybe for sure uh, the three way tandem. Those are uh, always popular. Yeah, we
1: really don't still don't know what's happening with Freddie. Um, Yeah, he hasn't been on the ice, I think, in two weeks now. They're not really saying what's wrong with him. It seems like he's day-to-day, and it has been for
0: two weeks. Not on LTIR either, just day-to-day. Yeah. And I imagine that's, uh, you know, to keep trade options open. I don't think you can trade someone who's on LTIR, so they just keep him, you know, on the roster, technically on the cap. He's more uh, eligible. To be traded even though he's a little bit injured
1: see at this point unless they've got some sort of blockbuster goalie trade coming in um i don't think they're gonna do anything with freddie at this point in the season um i think they're either gonna you know sit him as long as they can as long as campbell is still playing well um not really rush freddie to get back make sure that he's in No, he's he's 100%, 110% there for you, Daniel, um, before he comes back at the, (laughs) uh, (laughs) before he comes back before the playoffs. Um, You know, it's great having Jack there as a backup um, coming into the playoffs, but I would like to see Freddie start still. Um, He's led this team over the last four years. You know, we don't really give him enough credit this season for what he's done for this team over the last four years, because honestly, those first couple of years, he drag this team kicking and screaming into the playoffs. So I'd love to That's see true. him give his, get one more chance you know, to see what he can do, see if he can get, the, get a playoff uh, series win with this team. And you know what? If he falls apart in a couple games, in the first couple of the games of the playoffs, like he did in, against Boston there a few years ago, put Jack in. See what he can do. Sometimes you need to start with your number one in the playoffs and then run with your hot guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll see Freddie again before before
0: long
2: well i mean I disagree. doesn't go on oh really you do kyle
0: i do but i'm gonna get into that a little later go ahead Dan. okay
2: well I, I was just gonna say you know there's only a few weeks left before they like we're what with almost within a month of the season theoretically ending um so depending on what's wrong with him you know things take time to heal <laughs> who knows even if he comes back with three weeks left or or sorry in three weeks uh, do we want a goalie that sat for a month and a half off to jump into the playoffs? Especially the, the, seeing how Campbell does between now and then.
0: They could pull a, a Washington maybe. I know uh, back when they won the cup, actually, and we may have already mentioned this on a previous podcast, that Grubauer was the goalie they went with at the beginning of the playoffs. And that, uh, you know, Holpi wasn't doing very well. Maybe he was injured for a little bit and they started with their backup at the time. And then Holpe took over once Grubauer, you know, filled his time and, and, didn't, uh, and didn't do so well. And then Holpe led them to a cup. So there's been some parallels to that on the Leafs bench. And and what Craig mentioned definitely could come to pass and Freddie could lead this team. Uh, and that may lead to an extension of Freddie that we, that we maybe did not see coming because he because if if he leads us to a cup or leads us to a third round, something like that, something could could come of it. You never know. But again, I I think it might be time. I think we're going in a different direction. But we have we have some segments coming up on that. Did we mention Simmons finally gets a goal after being uh, injured for so long? <laughs> that was nice. Oh, so good. And I wish. And, okay. Let me just preface this first. I understand why celebrations and things like that are a little more pulled back at the National Hockey League league level. You you got to set a good example for the kids. You got to show that you respect the other team and you don't want to, you know, get on them while they're down and things like that, but I love as a fan Simmons when he scores. He just He loves it, or when someone else scores, he loves it. He's just going for it, and it's just full send in celebration mode. I I think that's so cool, and it gets me going uh, more than even when Matthew scores. Matthew's scoring all the time, and it's so cool. And it's just like, oh, why are you so
2: good? But (laughs) it's normal now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's it's normal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're like terrified. It's either terrified or this is fine. This is (laughs) no, no, the magic is gone. But when Simmons scores, you're like, "Oh, I feel so good for you that you're having a comeback, and I feel so good for the team now." And this energy is the best. Like, I want more of that. More Jack Campbell energy. More
2: Simmons energy. I want some McKay of energy. I want him to start doing well. Like he takes enough oh, shots yeah. on net that something should be getting by.
0: And every time I see McKayev with the puck, I'm like, "This looks great," but we know where what's going to happen. We've been here before. And he's had a lot of great chances uh, over
1: the last few games, you know, several breakaways. Um, and a few of them, I was sure that he was going to get that in there, but they, the goalie yeah. made some good saves. Um, I know we've been saying this all season, but when is Mikheyev going to start scoring on these? Because it seems like he's got the ability to score. He's got the feet, um, you know, to get these breakaways. But at some point, they've got to go in, right?
2: Mm hmm. Well, and as you said, he's got the feet. He just needs to develop the hands. So maybe, you know, a couple of years. He'll be a force in a few years for sure.
1: He's on a two-year contract, right? he's got one more year?
2: I think he's done after this year.
1: Was it a one-year?
0: Give me a second. Uh,
2: no, next just, year. Just resigned. He he's year. 21, 22 also. Excellent.
1: So yeah, he's got another year to, uh, to grow a little bit more because even from what we've seen this season, he's growing exponentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Assuming he doesn't yeah. get picked up on the expansion draft, ah, oh, I didn't even think of that.
2: Sorry, sorry to, yeah, to burst our may. bubbles. He's there, he's one of those vulnerable ones. See, I think he's the Leafs would the Leafs would protect
1: he. him because they don't have too many guys under contract next season. That's true. That's,
2: also That's true. true. That's true. It'll he be, would be. Able, it'll, I think we did talk about that, and I think he was on most of our list.
1: And they have tons of players that are UFAs this season that their contracts will be up that they don't need to. Protect. So I think McKay would be protected. I think it's our defense that we're m- we should be more worried about for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Good point. I do have some new thoughts on the defense, to be honest, but we'll save that for another day after the trade deadline's over, maybe. Deal. All right. Should we move on to our new segment called The Tale of Two Leafs Teams? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> No need to add sound effects for this one. I got you covered. Uh, let's let's throw out some stats here that I have collected personally for us today. We started the year first twenty four games. We had eighteen wins. Ridiculous. A .750 crazy. points percentage. Ridiculous. And I believe at that point we were first in the league. And we were saying that for several weeks, several podcasts. Then some things happened. I believe we lost six, six games, sorry, six losses in seven games. And our only win was an overtime win against Winnipeg. <laughs> That's where we started biting our nails a little bit. We're like, oh no, oh no, our luck has run out. What is going to happen next? Is this team actually for real or do we need to make some moves? Who needs to come? Who needs to go? Oh God, oh God, oh God. But then, the past eight games they've been 7-0 oh, and 1. They've only had one overtime loss and they are currently on a four game win streak that we mentioned before, two against Winnipeg and two against Calgary. We got Montreal coming up on Wednesday. You never know. I forgot I had that bet with Eric. Oh god, 5 5 dollars per game. I hope they win. <laughs> no doubt. So we we've got we got two Leafs teams right here, the Streaky The streaky Leafs team that is winning often 18 and 24 and 7 and 8, or the streaky losing team of 6 and 7. Now, I do understand that there are ebbs and flows to a season. However, streaks as long as this, I wouldn't call as much of an ebb and flow. I would say this is a slightly different team. So, my question to you is what are the biggest differences that we see? between these two teams? Are we looking at forwards? Are we looking at defense? Are we looking at goalies? Are we looking even above that in uh, upper management in terms of coaches and GMs and stuff? Let's start with Dan. Big differences between
2: these two teams. Okay, so looking at it from kind of a macro perspective, I see two and a half big differences. Uh, And I'll I'll lay them out and then I'll go into them. So the first one is goaltending. Uh the second one's going to be injuries and then the third one is going to be the or sorry the 0.5 is the power play. Um what I think kind of happened is we we were starting to get like when we were getting that that nice uh, 18 win streak in the first 24 games. You know, we were doing it and all our players were really healthy. It was the start of the season, everyone was excited to play hockey again and then you know 15 Games in maybe we started seeing a few injuries and it was like okay well no problem we can backfill simmons and thornton's injured now but that's okay and Ferris is out okay well we'll see and then the goalie started to get injured and and the injuries just kind of piled up to a point where we were at a bit of a tipping point point where we were really stretching deep in the uh, taxi squad to come up with the uh, you know full rosters and so i think that was part of it is you know we kind of were we're crippled uh, by injuries at a certain point and we had the right combination of players out to cause and to have an effect on the team as a whole so that's one thing um as i mentioned goaltending is another one um anderson when he's cold he's cold all the time and you know when he's hot it's great but you know when any goal hot it's great but I think that kind of coincided with um, when we started to see our kind of down streak there. Uh, you know, he was he was injured, and then he came back and he wasn't playing great. And then Hutchison did Hutch get injured too? I think he did. He went for a bad, no. He was he? fine. He was he was, he was fine. fine. Okay. Just it was just Campbell and Anderson. Okay,
1: Hutch has been the solid rock in goaltending.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but you know, so so goaltending was spotty. For a little while where we had a lot of injuries and there was a lot of turnover and you know we now have Campbell coming in where he's healthier and I think that kind of led to a bit of um, the upswing with injuries clearing up and Campbell getting back and the energy that come Campbell brings to the team you know you see it all over but the Leafs are always talking about how uh, he, he's well we're going to talk a little bit about it later but you know he brings such a great uh, feel to the game, and he really pumps up the team, and he, it's a very good atmosphere. And even Hutch is saying like it's infectious; like you you can't help but get pulled in. So, you know, him being back and uh, and on the ice was really helping. And then the power plays, the point five, because teams can get over a bad power play streak, but this kind of coincided with that six games that we were losing, and they couldn't pull out of it. And then the power play, you know, and I don't give it a full point as an issue because it, it's just a, a one facet of an overall game, but it, it definitely kind of stacked on to the down feeling of the Leafs. And luckily they were able to get their, um, win streak going in a couple wins under the game without power plays, but you know, we'll talk about power plays later. So th- that's kind of where I see, uh, the two teams kind of falling, um, I, I'm certainly glad we're seeing the better of the two teams at this point, though, as we uh, close in on the playoffs.
1: Yeah, Dan, I think you've uh, I think you've nailed the nailed the right on the head there. I think the goaltending was the biggest thing over those those losses. Um, just looking back at uh, Freddie's stats, and he lost five of his last six games that he played before he went out for injury, and his save percentages were not good. So, like. Uh, eight seventy one, eight twenty six, eight eighty nine, eight forty four, seven seventy eight. In his last one, <laughs> I was
2: waiting for the seven. <laughs> Had
1: one game at nine twenty nine. Was still a loss to Ottawa. Um, so I think for a while that was the biggest thing. Um, the players, like I think I mentioned a while back, there during the losing, that uh, you just weren't seeing the same coverage from the forwards when the defense were pinching in. We saw a lot of those two on one rushes come the other direct uh the other direction and you know most of them went past Freddie in those games. Um and I think another part is um Matthews being injured. Yes, he was out there, he was still finding ways to contribute, mm-hmm. but he obviously wasn't able to contribute in the same way that he does now. And I think we kind of overlook how good Austin Matthews is. Like he's we know he's good. We know he can score you know, you know a league leading number of goals. But his de- his defensive skills, too, um, you know, the stick lifts, the takeaways, you know, he using the body to rub out the guys in the defensive zone. Like he's using his body size this year. Um, he's a, you know, a Selkie caliber centerman this year. And then he just wasn't playing to that same level for those games. And the one other thing that I think uh, makes a big difference I know he hasn't had a lot of points on the score sheet, but Wayne Simmons, he's been back for the last nine games and they've won seven of the last eight, or I guess they won seven of those nine. Um, So I, sometimes it's just, you know, a little bit of a change in the, uh, in the dressing room, just that extra little voice. And like you were saying with that goal that he scored last night and that celebration, how the entire team just, you know, loved it when he scored. Yes, it was a, uh. Was that the go-ahead goal? No, it wasn't even the go-ahead goal. I guess it was the go-ahead goal at that point.
0: It was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't
1: the game-winning though. Um, but yeah, so obviously, you know, the team loves him. They love having him back. And I think just the, you know, those games where they were losing, it was just their PDO numbers. You know, they say like the PDO will have to come back down to zero. You'll see that regression, or down to a hundred, you'll see that regression um, to get him to come back to it. But it was just like a plummeting, instantaneous pdo regression uh reminds me of that simpsons treehouse of horror when homer keeps putting (laughs) has the time traveling toaster keeps coming up and you know seeing how things have changed that period where Leafs just kept losing that was the alternate timeline where you know willie's got the axe in his back and it is indeed a very disturbing universe so i think you know they're you know they're Shooting percentage was down. They were still playing well for most of those games. Their save percentage was down. And now it's gone back to the median. Um, and hopefully if they can stay, you know, riding the way that they are able to play, keep that high PDO, they'll be able to, uh, you know, ride the rest of the season and play pretty well.
0: For uh, those listeners who do not know what PDO is, it, I couldn't find what the actual letters stand for, but it's basically luck. And I don't Leafs think it stands for anything. Puck <laughs>
1: luck. I've heard it doesn't really stand for anything. I th- Yeah, it doesn't either. Oh, yeah. no, it's just, it's, it's just basically those... just puck luck. Yeah. So it's uh, save and... percentage plus shooting percentage. And they say generally which, it will even I... to 100. Um, Leafs are writing something like, what was it, 105, 106? Um, yeah. Which is a high number for this. Usually you're not out by 5%. Um, and I think they were down to something like 95, 94 during those losing games. So,
0: yeah. Evens out, evens out for sure. Yeah. A lot of great points you guys mentioned, and a lot of them are hockey points. And the only different one that I have is the human factor. And there are a lot of different things to, to talk about for this. With their winning streaks... It's their positivity. Positivity spreads like a like a panini, right? <laughs> Which is code for pandemic. Um, and then we're getting this positivity obviously from Campbell. Definitely from Thornton. He loves it. And then, like Craig just mentioned, the celebrations and things like that from Simmons. Even in that first game, uh, the fight from Simmons. We're getting this positivity spreading around. And like Dan mentioned with the injuries, some of that was missing, at least in game. I'm sure the players were still around. Uh, Campbell injured, Thornton injured, uh, Simmons injured. You lose some of that positivity. And as humans, and we have to remember sometimes that these players are human. They are not robots. Even though we trade them and move them all around the country or the continent all the time, they're still humans and there is a human factor. And it's hard as humans for us not to be down on ourselves when we're losing a little bit. And it's not just in sport. It's in life. If you're feeling like nothing's going your way, it's hard to get out of that sometimes, and it's a skill that you have to develop over time. (sighs) Speaking of time, this roster is still very young. Obviously, the age average has been increasing as we add more veterans, but uh, Tavares is 30. We are over 30, and we're like, yeah, I think we're starting to get this adulting thing. Maybe, probably, not sure, no idea. Tavares is one of the older people on the team. Matthews, Marner, they're in their low, mid-20s. They're still trying to figure this stuff out, even though on the screen, in their interviews, we see a polished response the majority of the time. And the Leafs media is in tense now i know a lot of these players they turn off their twitter for this they don't look at things that are written about them and so on and so on which i think is really smart and healthy but they still have to answer questions from reporters it's in their uh, cba it's in their contract and the types of questions that come through definitely relate to how they're playing and it, it can compound into being hard on yourself and this Really, I think hits home the Leafs as an organization at least in our lifetime or at least in how we remember teams that they maybe they're they they go on a streak and they're really pumped up and you can see it in their faces and you can hear it in their interviews, and then when they go on a down streak and it's it's really bad. I'm talking about some of the bad Leafs teams you again, you see it in their faces, you see it in their interviews. And it's really hard to get out of that, even with wind sprinkled in. it's hard, hard 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 to get out of that, so I think that's the only thing I would add to what you guys mentioned in terms of the uh the hockey stuff
1: I think you've yeah, you made a great point there, Kyle, and especially this yep. year it's I like they, all the guys have to do is to go home like at the end of the day, they can't really go anywhere and you know take their mind off of it and go and yep. you know do activities, maybe they can get it on the golf course and whatnot but generally there's nothing to do so all they can do is you know go on instagram or you know sit at home and do work out or watch tv or whatever it is but uh, i know Mm -hmm. they don't they're in a different mind space this year you know for some people that's you know maybe a little bit more beneficial that they can focus a little bit more on what they're doing at that time but some people you know need that you know a bit of a distraction be able to you know get into that headspace and not everybody has that opportunity right now it is really hard on you know everybody including hockey players
0: yeah absolutely and i think with that this is a good time to maybe transition to vancouver and talk about them a little bit Uh, vancouver's been hit really really hard by covid and its variants and what do we have? To, I think we're up to 20 players that have uh, at least been put on protocol and some that have confirmed, tested positive for COVID. And, yeah, 22
2: staff and players. Uh,
0: and, and, and their families as well, getting in there. Now they don't, we don't track them as much, obviously, but that's still a huge thing and brings in that human factor as well. What do we think is going to happen? let's let's speculate a little bit. obviously, we only hope for the best for our uh Vancouver friends and uh hope to you know face them again in a good old hockey game. But uh what do we think is is going to happen?
2: I mean, I feel very as a hockey fan, I want to see them finish the season, of course. but I mean, you know, Kyle, you were talking about the human factor I, I expect that they will will have their season end here and i think that's probably the right move um for for a few reasons and you know i'll back that up maybe a bit um you know COVID is is uh we don't know much about it and i'm not going to talk a lot about it but we don't know much about it and it spreads quickly and it's really uh bad like it's really tough when it does so it's really affecting the team very quickly and in a whole bunch of different ways. Some people are really sick. Some people are not so sick. Um, and then, you know, as Kyle mentioned, you've also got their families. Everyone loves to play hockey and everyone wants to be doing their job, but I mean, is it worth putting, uh, more people at risk? You know, when I'm talking about more players or more family members and the other team, certainly, I mean, who's going to want to go up against Montreal or <laughs> Montreal, who's going to want to go up against Vancouver in the next two weeks? Not really. Anybody I can think of. So, I, I think, you know, they they look to the health of the players, the health of the team and the families, and they shut down the season. They were in playoff contention, but they were, you know, falling a little bit behind from the Winnipegs and Edmontons and Montreals that were uh, gaining a little bit of speed. So, I don't think there's any shame in throwing in the towel for the year. Um, saying, you know, family and, and human lives are more important than hockey in this case. Uh, but, but that's just me. I think obviously it's going to create ripple effects throughout the entire division and then through playoffs. So it's not ideal to do that. Um but you know, are they going to try and squeeze in a few games and then use the percentage off that to make the playoff decisions? I don't know. So my opinion is is shut it down, um everyone recover, get healthy, come back next year strong.
1: I I think you're right and I think that's how a lot of players will feel I I think we will have some players not coming back um, after this just just yeah. just saying to hell with this I'm taking the you know the rest of the season off and that is well within every player's rights and if they do that I don't think anybody should ever give them a hard time about that um, now I have heard some people make some points that you know there's a lot of money on the line for these teams though when it, even not not just necessarily mm-hmm. you know playoff money or Um, TV money, but there's the sponsorship deals, you know, all the signs that are on the boards and the games, you know, this is all money that these teams have been, you know, all these are all advertisements these corporations have been promised, and it might be a lot of money if they don't play these games Um, so I know there's been some ideas thrown around of basically bringing up a ton of players from the AHL team to come and fill the team basically just give them you know, wave some of the you know, maximum meta games for their entry-level contracts, basically just be able to ice people on the ice to let this, this season finish, give these guys a bit of an opportunity to to do something. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think we will see at least a few players from Vancouver not coming back this season. And the first one that comes to mind is uh, Travis Hamannick, who did sit out the bubble last year in the playoffs, you know, decided to stay... Out West because of family things. We don't really know exactly what what was keeping him out there. But uh, I think he will. I, I don't know if we'll see him back after this. Um, I'm just speculating. I don't know if he's sick at this moment. But, um, you know, a lot of players, their families are getting sick too. So they're going to have to think of, the, of their families first. But I, I think we will see Vancouver finishing out the season one way or another. They might have some back to back to backs. Do that AHL three games, three nights. You know, a couple against a couple different teams. <laughs> um, it's not going to be pretty, but I think they will. He'll you know, figure it away. Um, the other thing thrown around is that the Northern Division might just start the playoffs later if they do decide to finish yeah, out those that's games. That's the other possibility. Uh, because for the first two rounds, we are technically separated from the rest of the league, so we don't need to really match up with anybody. So if we can start the playoffs three days, four days later, just rush through them. Maybe you don't there's a couple back to backs um, and then eventually line up with them again come the third round. So we got a few options for what uh, the way the season's going to go. And the NHL is being pretty coy about uh, what their thoughts are on that.
2: Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see where it goes
0: from here. Yeah, really good points on that. And I think it could go either way. To be honest, I have nothing else to add there. Speaking of moving forward, let's kind of tail back to the tail, tail back, Jesus, tail of two Leafs teams. You know, how do we move forward to make this team better? And one of those points that Dan made is to get the power play going. And we finally saw that with the Leafs uh, breaking oh their 0 28 streak, finally broken by the one and only Austin Matthews, which totally makes sense. Uh, if we recall, Yesterday, the goal was right in front of the net. Huge scramble, about three Flames players, Hyman, Tavares, Matthew in there. Digging away, digging away, and Matthews finally roofs it top corner. And it was awesome. So, let's kind of think about their power play as a whole. Think about what has worked, maybe what hasn't worked in the past couple power plays, and see again how we can move forward with this power play. I'll start off. What worked? Jesus Christ, they shot the puck. Yes, getting the like, puck to mm-hmm. the house. Thank hell. you.
2: Thank you. That's <laughs> really all really... they need to do. <laughs> yeah. We
1: don't they are really really, good. for nothing. <laughs> yeah.
2: They're good yeah, at Somebody cycling. said something about 100% of the goals you don't shoot or something, you know. <laughs> that was Michael, Michael Scott. Michael Scott. <laughs> um, but they can
0: cycle the puck. They're really, really good. And then they never shoot because they're looking for that perfect shot. Like, just just shoot. You know, if it goes off a leg and it goes out, it goes off a leg and it goes out. Fine. If it goes into then the you goalie's get a rebound met, fine. Yeah, it's, maybe you get a rebound. If it goes off a Thornton's face, he's got a bionic skull. It'll be fine. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was reported at some point. Um, the other thing that I will mention is, is the entry. Oh, my God. If I see Riley pass the puck backwards to somebody who's streaking in and then they don't really make it in and then it goes back down toward the other end of the ice one more time i'm going to scream at the television louder than usual
1: well and part of the problem is yeah they're like you said it's that drop pass every time they come into the zone and then they immediately pass it at the blue line and every team knows that i know that i'm yeah. not e- i don't even watch the video so i think that's part of the problem yeah like you said their zone entries they just can't get anything in because they're kind of trying one thing
0: and. Correct me if I'm wrong, the reason that they're doing this, I guess, is to have that speed getting into the zone, but it obviously doesn't work. But they need to get the puck like, past the guys for that speed to They gotta to get anything. the puck past the guys.
2: And when everyone's ready for your one plan move, like, come on. And
0: I find anytime they do something different, it works. And they get in. And they at least start something. Yes. Like, yeah. That's that's at least what my eyes are telling me, so... I don't know what's going on there, um any other things that you think you know did work for this goal other than that and or maybe some other things that that uh, you're noticing that are not working
1: uh I like well, like we said we they need to you know shoot the puck and you know how many times can we yell at the t v for them to shoot and that one that they scored last night, guess what they shot at um Zach Hyman, the guy who's gonna be standing in front of the net, dug it out from the goalie, got it right back to Matthews and they scored. Uh, which is exactly what they needed to, you know, needed to do. They've got Zach Hyman, who is a net front guy. They've got Wayne Simmons. They've got William Nylander, who I believe last season led the league in net front goals. But they're not getting the puck to the net for these guys to score these goals that they have made their careers on scoring these goals. Um, (laughs) Like, you know, yeah, Matthews has a great shot. Marner has a great shot. Tavares, Spezza. But you need to be able to shoot it. And sometimes you're going to get those bounces at and those rebounds at the net and that's why you've got these other guys that's why you brought in wayne simmons as a net front guy to run the power play and look how much success they had at the beginning he had what five power play goals standing in front of the net Uh, they they need to go back to something similar to that at least shooting it and then yeah bang away and that's how a lot of goals are scored right in front of the net in that blue paint
2: i I think the other thing they needed is just a bit of luck i mean they've had ringers off every single post they've had uh off face masks um you know scrambles in front of the net where the puck's dribbling across the crease and they can't get it in and and the goal last night by matthews to to break that streak was not pretty he hacked at it and it happened to go in oh yeah um you know like obviously he calculated a little bit more than hacking at it but it's not a highlight real goal so they just needed a, a it was getting psychological for them and uh, just a little bit of luck, they broke the the barrier, and I, I expect um, you know they'll be a little bit more relaxed about it now.
1: Now, does it count as a power play goal when they were just scored against on the shorthanded? Oh. I think it
2: absolutely does. I think it's I think that's probably the reason that you saw the pile on in front of the net um, is because you know Keith took them back and said, "Okay, guys, what are you going to do? Are you going to let this happen, or are you going to make like a stand on it?" and you know, they pushed a little bit harder in front of the net and hacked it in. Um,
1: and can we also take this moment to appreciate TJ Brody? Uh, cause <laughs> it was not him on that two and one, it was Morgan Riley who had nobody. He had nobody. Yeah. He he you know went down to block the shot, missed the shot, was right out of it, and the guy was still able to pass back to the passer. Like that shouldn't happen. At least take one of them. You know, either take the guy who's got the puck or take the guy who's going to have the pass and let your goalie deal with it. Because if he had had Backland when he, uh, you know, when before, after he passed, uh, Jack probably would have had that save. He would have had that nice little windmill, you know, throwing yeah. the pad up and he probably would have made a save on that. But, you know, it was just an easy pass back over to Backland and tapped it right in.
0: Last thing I want to say about this, uh, stop changing the power play lines. I really liked what we had near the beginning of the season. Riley, Matthew, Marner. Great. And then you got Joe behind the net and Simmons in front of the net. Where has that gone? Why did that disappear? And stop stacking it. Like, it's too much talent, too many hands in the kitchen. I like Tavares on the second one. I know he doesn't get as many minutes, but Tavares, Nylander, put one of them in the front and let Spezza control the play. Like Marner does. Like stop messing with a good thing. I guess I didn't even mention Tavares. He's another great net front,
1: you know, scoring guy. And if they don't shoot the puck and they're not getting to the net, then they're not going to get these guys the opportunity to score these net front goals.
2: Guys, maybe we're missing something here. If Galchenyuk is the big trade that they brought in for the year, shouldn't he be like the first forward on the power play? He's he's been there a little bit.
0: I do think they do need to give him more. Chances on the power play. Second unit for sure.
2: Yeah, second unit. Maybe
0: for the, sure. the 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 Hyman version of the second unit. Well, if Hyman's not on the first unit. Sometimes he is, sometimes he's not. Uh, I agree. Uh, however, I don't agree that he's the big the big grab. <laughs> our blockbuster trade. The blockbuster trade. Which in fact, Daniel, well done. We are gonna transition to our quick questions right now, and then it's gonna have kind of a, a trade deadline theme. Which is looming. As of right now, it is six days away. For you, it might be five days away. You never know with these millions of listeners when they're going to listen to this. Uh, Quick questions. Trade deadline. Daniel, walk us through it.
2: Okay. Thank you, Kyle. So I I saw an interesting quote today uh, by Pierre LeBrun who was saying that the first place Maple Leafs have done something for their GM. They've taken the pressure off having to absolutely make a trade before Monday's deadline. Still, Kyle Dubas will probably still act. There's your quote. Let's get into quick shifts. So Dubas says Galchenyuk is, getting, uh, is gelling with the Leafs. He's working well with Tavares and Nylander. Is he the top six forward we needed? Pairs nicely with our last uh, topic. Uh, let's start with Craig. What do you think? Galchenyuk, working for us?
1: Is he the top six forward we needed on on that line with uh, Tavares and Nylander? I think yes. I think he's looked great with them. He's been you know tenacious on the forechecking. He got a goal there two nights ago. He got had you know a couple great assists as well. I I think he's he's given those two guys you know a new lease on the season. Uh, Tavares has looked great in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think it might be because he's actually had someone on the side that he can you know trust to forecheck with him. Not to say that Nylander doesn't, but Nylander doesn't. Um, (laughs) but I I don't think what we need is a top six at this point. I think we still need another bottom six guy. Um, a little more depth. I think that makes Dubas's job easier, like LeBron said. That they don't uh he doesn't have to worry about trying to find a three and a half million dollar, four and a half million dollar top six guy. If he can find a third-line center, um, to be able to maybe push Kerfoot, to stay him down that third line or that fourth line. Uh, if you can find a good third line center for that two and a half, three million dollars, then, then great. If you can find a quick rental, but yeah, I think it has Galch has made uh, Dubas's job easier for the rest of the season for the trade uh, deadline year.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, Kyle, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree uh, that he has made it easier for Dubas for sure. I would still love to see some more firepower, just in general, whether that firepower does go into the third line and goes with uh, Mikheyev and Engvall to give a little bit more. I think Gouch is the second line's hymen. He's, He's going into the corners, and that's exactly what they needed to allow Tavares and Nylander to do their thing. I like him where he is. I wouldn't necessarily slot a more or a higher paid player or uh more intense forward into that slot i don't think Galsch would do very well on the third or fourth line however i don't think he's he's the big top forward we needed
2: okay so so both of you guys are thinking more kind of bottom six uh something so like let's say we do get a trade here um who comes out if we get a forward like who are they gonna shuffle around like if you go with Craig's idea with the bottom six, or sorry, with Kyle's idea, with the bottom six, uh, who do you think you'd remove, Kyle?
0: I still think it's going to be Kerfoot. Every single trade we've talked about involves Kerfoot going. It's unfortunate, yeah. uh, but I think it's, it's just business a little bit. He's on the de facto fourth line right now with uh, Spezza and Thornton. I think you could put several good wingers into that position or you put Simmons down you got the old man line and you put somebody in on the third line like I just mentioned Kerfoot cap hits too high don't think it's worth protecting him next year sorry man let's you know let's call it what it is
2: yeah he's three and a half million eh?
1: Kyle let me throw this to you quickly what if Kerfoot didn't need to be traded to bring in a another bottom six forward that they need if you're gonna pull out one guy in a, from the bottom six to replace with somebody else, who would it be and not being necessarily
0: because of money? Uh probably Engval. I'm not uh I I don't know. I hear a lot about him, you know, doing good things and good jobs. My eye test tells me otherwise. He's
1: he assisted it on that seems cool uh, like Q Simmons goal.
0: Was he? I, I didn't even notice. But I'm yeah, I don't know. I think he's a little expendable on the team and he's you know, he's he's playing his role, but I think someone else could do better.
1: Honestly, if they had to take somebody out at this point, I think they, I think Joe would be the guy. Um, I know that might be an unpopular opinion, but you know the the rest of the guys in the lineup, I think are playing really well, and he has been kind of invisible. I think um, I know he played pretty well there last night with the Kerfoot Spetza line, but I I think he will be a good dressing room guy. Work him into know 50% of the games going forward and maybe rotate him out with Engvall but I think uh he would be my first one to pull out
2: okay so moving on um we're going to talk about how many trades do you guys think are going to happen this year uh this close to the deadline so we have six days left throughout the entire league let's uh do a quick number Craig how many trades do you think we're going to see from now until the end of the trade deadline I think
1: it is a total wild card um, I think a lot of teams think that they're in a the chance for the playoffs right now, um, and they aren't going to be moving the players that they think they're going to. Like, you know, for weeks, we were saying Nashville was going to be the team that was just going to be a fire sale, and all these guys were available, and it could have been Ryan Ellis, it could have been Ekholm, it could be Grandland. Even Rene, I heard, was out there for a while, they're saying maybe he'll get rentaled, and then he'll just sign and, re- and retire next year, but... They've won seven of their last eight games and they're in a the playoff spot right now. A lot of teams just don't have any money to make any trades. I think you're going to see a couple big ones, a couple of the big uh, um, UFAs moving around, but I, I I think it's going to be pretty minimal. like Most years might see less than 10 trades, maybe a couple of swaps of some AHL guys, but I think it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline.
0: Okay, Kyle, your thoughts? I think it'll be just over 10 uh, I'm looking Ooh, at the like trade bait it. deadline, sorry, trade bait list on TSN, and I'm seeing the top 10, and I'm like, yeah, I can see those guys being moved. Quite a few are UFA. I think it'll be uh, a little bit more than 10. Maybe some of the top guys don't go, like Craig mentioned, that, you know, there's not as much money moving around, and they may not be able to get these trades done in time, so on and so on. But, uh, I think... Slightly over 10, between 20, 10 and 15.
1: Now, do you think there's 10, 10 to 15 teams that are looking to add right now? Or have the cap space or the salary to,
0: to add? I think about... Uh, I think 7 to 9 teams. And I think there'll be multiple players involved. Like uh, like two, 2 for 2 or 2 for 1 in picks, things like that. Yeah, that's possible.
1: Yeah, I, I think hmm. it's going to be busier come the tr- around draft time in the offseason when you know they have that 10% play to go over top of the salary cap to be able to bring in some guys Absolutely. and trade in some guys. I, I, I think it's yep. going to be pretty quiet. I think you'll see a couple teams make some big splashes, but generally, I think most teams are just going to kind
2: of sit pat. So we've talked a little bit about uh, goalies tonight. Um, what would you guys think of a reunion with James Reimer, who is uh, currently with Carolina? Spent. Many, many years with Toronto, of course, as we all know. Kyle, your thoughts on that?
0: Yep, I do it hundred percent. Uh like
2: I mentioned before, I I
0: don't think Freddie is gonna be the guy. So Jack Campbell's our guy. I would like a more solid backup than Hutchinson. I think Reimer would be great. I think Reimer could do well in the playoffs. I would prefer Campbell, but uh reunion with Reimer, like why not? Let the chaos happen. You know, we would <laughs> we would welcome him with open arms. Uh, let's do it and correct
1: now i see my problem with that is having a reimer uh campbell pair um you know a tandem to go through the season will they get anything done or will they just be hugging each other for six months like they uh, might i think that might just be the biggest love fest since woodstock um it's
2: i i bet the team would play well
1: oh god yes um, those are the two guys I, I, i mentioned a couple weeks ago about, uh, you know, the tale of the two goalies, was she and it was Reimer. I looked back up, um, two guys that the, that the Leafs have always just, you know, they played well in front of, and if we can get them to play well in front of a goalie, 82 games a season, um, then it's going to be, it'll be a great year. Um, yeah, I would love to see Reimer come back. Honestly.
0: If they hug long enough, do they just become one goalie, and you can have like the two of them just there in front of the net?
2: Okay, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, going uh, more in the playoff direction, uh, what do you guys think about playoffs? Do you think we're going to see playoff bubbles, or do you think we're going to see the moving around that the teams are currently doing right now?
1: Well, apparently, the word around the play around the NHL is that the players really don't want to do the bubble again. Uh, Elliot Friedman was saying on the Thirty-One Thoughts that he. Um uh, I, I guess it was on headlines on Saturday maybe he had brought up the idea of coming into a bubble and I guess one player texted him just said like you're you're kidding right you're you're not you're you're messing with me because they really don't want that again. Um I think it, these next couple weeks are going to be really telling. Um you know things aren't all that good in Canada right now. You know back in the summer yeah. you know, numbers were pretty low up here in Toronto and Edmonton even there numbers were pretty were pretty good but everywhere in Canada and, you know, the state's numbers are going up too. I think they're going to have to do some sort of bubble um, or there's going to be some sort of, you know, extreme protocols put into place because they don't want, you know, the playoffs to have to be, you know, look what happened to Vancouver right now. They're not going to play for two weeks. And imagine if a team has to be out in two weeks at the Stanley Cup final. What do you do then?
2: Um, Well, I mean, you take out one more team from the north and it kind of collapses.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think they're going to have to do something like that. No, I know last year the bubble was very expensive for the NHL, and I don't think they're looking to spend that money on that again. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to safety over the money, um, that they're going to have to figure out whatever is going to be best for the players and to be able to get the season going and get, to be able to finish the playoffs.
2: Okay.
0: Kyle, bubble? No bubble? Yeah, probably bubble. I think the only situation where it wouldn't be a bubble is if the Canadian team that makes it to the Final Four is the fourth-seeded team. So they would, you know, really not be at home much anyway, and they just kind of make it work, and they, they go around, and, you know, there's not there's not many fans. Uh, you know, now that I even think about that, like, you know, it's usually 2-2, two, 1-1-1. Two, one, one, one in terms of your home ice advantage, but uh, I'm I'm leaning towards a bubble as well, and I think it'll be in, in the States.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think we're probably going to see some kind of, uh, I'll say controls more than we're seeing now. Um, okay, well, moving on, we've got one more here uh, with your quick shifts. So we've got uh, your favorite Campbell moment so far. And, and I'm going to actually start, if that's okay, gentlemen. Um, I love... Well, I love Campbell, but I just love how when Campbell appreciates a defensive play that somebody's made in front of him, you get that little stick tap on the legs. That That's mine. He's just, he acknowledges the defense, lets him know, he says thanks. So, but, okay, Kyle, what do you think? Campbell moment.
0: I'm stuck between two, and one of them isn't even a hockey moment, so I'm going to say both. Uh, <laughs> the first one was the wink. I thought that was hilarious. And yeah, I thought was great. it was uh, awesome that they caught it on TV. And then second one, I watched it recently on YouTube. It was that conversation between him and Muzzin. It's like leaf to leaf or something. And Campbell's asking oh, yeah. asking questions of Muzzin, and Campbell's talking along. He's talking, he's talking, and then in Zoom fashion, Muzzin is like a secondly. He's like, "Hey, buds." And then Campbell's totally thrown <laughs> off. He's like, "Oh, hey, bud, how's it going? Oh, hey, how's it going?" And he's like, "This is the best." And Campbell's not Canadian, but he's just he's loving it. So he gets Got the a real the Canadian fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think he's from Michigan, which is basically you know the the Canadian state in America. But we can call uh, him an honorary Canadian. Absolutely, absolutely. So those are my uh, two favorite Campbell moments.
2: Awesome, Craig.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I think the wink obviously was great. Um, I heard him say after that, that uh, when someone said like, oh, you know, that wink on the, that they caught on the camera was great. He's like, "Huh? Oh, I didn't know I could wink. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, from what I've heard of the, everyone just says that he is, everyone that, that anyone's ever talked to, that Jack Campbell is just the nicest guy. Um, that and the, you know, the double pack, pad stack from a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, you know, he oh, yeah, definitely course. has a, uh, you know, an eye for the flair. He likes to throw the glove, you know, embellish it a little bit. You know, he did that windmill last night trying to make that save. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was a goal, but it, it was stylish. I, I'll give it to the guy. He, he makes it fun. Um, and sometimes that's what these guys need, especially with this young team. They just need fun sometimes. So, yeah, those are, uh, those are my two favorite Jack Campbell moments, the, uh, the wink in the
0: stack.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Well, that has been uh, Quick Shifts.
0: All right. Let's finish this podcast off in trade deadline fashion with a bet. Now, to uh, preface this, things may change tomorrow. You never know. Tonight, Taylor Hall is not playing against the Devils. They are healthy scratching him with a trade potentially on the line. Also, Kyle Palmieri out as well from the Devils potentially being traded. Can you imagine if it was just the Devils in Buffalo that just traded? That would be the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's just swap. For today's bet, we're going to have who will the Leafs pick up before the deadline. And there are a couple different facets to this. If you get the position correct, just start off with the position. Uh, that's five bucks. And then if you get the player correct, that's another five bucks. But you could also pick none. As in, you think that Nobody was picked. And if you recall from last week or two weeks ago, I believe, we had a bet on uh, thinking, you know, who was going to be up in the standings, the Leafs or the Oilers? And we actually all picked different answers. Craig picked the Leafs. I picked a tie, and Dan picked the Oilers. After two weeks, the Leafs are nicely ahead, which is good for everybody, but especially good for Craig. Oh, my God, he is on a one. Two, three, four, four week, or sorry, four bet win streak. Wow, just like the Leafs. Way to go. Way yeah, to go, Craig. Way to go, Craig. For this week's bet, I'm going to go last, just for fun, and we're going to make Craig go first. Position, and maybe a player.
1: I would like to say it will be a defenseman, and I would I, I would like to see them pick up someone like David Savard. Um... So I'll go, uh, yeah, I'll say they're going to trade for Savard and a defenseman. Nice. Daniel.
2: I, I hate saying this. I think they're going to go goalie. Uh, I know that we have, you know, four goalies or something right now. Um, but I, I think, uh, yeah, I think they're going to go goalie. I had to pick based on what I've read. So based on the trade bait and then based on some rumors that I've read, you know, Darcy Kemper might work well. I know he's injured right now, um, but he's got a decent save percentage, good goals against compared to Anderson, similar salary. I don't know. I'll go with him.
0: Going with Kemper. We talked about him and talked him up a lot last time. Well, might as well let the chaos begin. I'm going to go with a forward. And I know I bashed him a lot a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say Taylor Hall. We're going to get him. And we're just going to see what he's got. And if he's freaking amazing, that's our Kucherov for the playoffs. And and we can give Tampa a run for their money. Defenseman Savard, goaltender Kemper, forward Hall. If we get all three, we definitely all win. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's finish up this podcast, boys. Yeah, let's go, Dubas. Um... Thank you very much for listening to Leafs Fans in Hostile Land. Follow us on all your favorite social medias. Listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcasts. And go, Leafs, go. Go, Leafs,
2: go. Go, Leafs, go.